Gonna put my arms up to get excited. Hey there, folks! Welcome back to the show! It's episode 126 of the Uticast, and this week we are joined by Tim Starziak and Tom Powers of the John Devro Tavern. Uh, they join us this week to talk about Utica, about the bar scene, and about their new venture. Also this week, we are talking about the very, very important subject of net neutrality. Uh, we're talking about uh, Thanksgiving in various fashions, a couple of history lessons. Uh, we're talking about Cards Against Humanity. We're talking about Starbucks and the manufactured anger about their cups. We're talking about uh, where chocolate milk comes from and a whole variety of other things, folks. All this and more. Episode 126. We are happy to have you here. Cut your lip today. And, um, on a cup. On a cup? <laughs> yeah. You cut your lip on a cup? Yeah. I hope it wasn't a coffee cup. That'd be very sad. It was your coffee cup. It was my coffee. I did this yeah. to you somehow. Doesn't today feel like everything's in slow motion? Oh, well, I have a couple of sorted reasons for why today feels like okay. it's in slow motion. But yeah, you know what's funny? I feel like I'm operating in slow mode today. Last week, I had a day where I was really busy. I had a lot of work to do. And somehow I look down at my clock after doing all this work and I go, how is it still this early in the day? Like, I was really busy and yet somehow the day dragged. Mm -hmm. Today was the opposite of that. Today, like, flew by mm -hmm. and I got nothing that I needed to get done, finished. I was like, wait a minute, where, where'd the whole day go? So, I know how you feel. Welcome back, folks, to the show. Episode 126. Uh, Kevin is here, as always. I can tell it's wintertime because you got the beanie on. It's beanie season. Uh... I mean, yeah, it's cold out. It's cold. It's cold. There was it's a cold out, so I don't feel like brushing my hair. It's my day off. It's fair. Uh, yeah, it's true, though. I went out to my car today, and it was uh, more snow than I expected when I went out there this morning. I said, well, would you look at that? What do you, what do you know? So I may have been a couple minutes late for work because of it. Um, how was your weekend, Heather? It was good. We took um, Kaz to a climbing gym in Syracuse. Very nice. You went in, an indoor climbing gym. Yeah, indoor gym, right? climbing gym. We're done outside. They're done. We're done. <laughs> How many climbing gyms do you know of, or you just frequent at this particular climbing gym? Um, for the rest three of, the... of them. Three of them, so yep. you gotta rotate? Mm -hmm. It's quite the... Oh, sorry, yeah. Quite the life <laughs> you have there for um, So, guys, if I look and sound uh, hungover, it's not the right word because I am indeed sober, but uh, I am a bit mentally exhausted. It was a very long weekend. I went back. Uh, back to New York City this weekend for the first time since you and I went down in, uh, in two years ago, right, Kev? I feel like? Uh, whenever it was, yeah. Yeah, two years ago for my birthday. We went to see the Knicks, my 30th birthday. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, makes me feel like my 32nd birthday is right around the corner. <laughs> uh, it's coming. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. But I was back in New York. It was really nice to be back for a day. Shout out to my very good longtime friend Adam Goldstein and his wife Vika. It was a wonderful wedding party down there. For all the Utica folks who were there, it was great. Um, I appreciate that Adams. It, it was really interesting, right? It was, it was alternately the most like Brooklyn uh, hipster party I've ever been to, but somehow it was also very Utica. Like it was in a warehouse 
on the middle of a street and it didn't look like it was any place and then suddenly you're in a weird loft where there's a party and then it was also full of tomato pie and pasties and like I saw pictures on your Instagram. They yeah, kind of cool. The Utica clubs were flowing. They <laughs> they were flowing faster than usual. Uh, much easier that night. So it was a great time. I uh, like being back in New York. Um, I'm just gonna brag about one of my New York talents that I've still uh, retained over the years, and that's using the subway. I'm still pretty adept at using the subway. Makes my life a lot easier than a lot of my buddies who also were down there to visit as well. Like, they did, do not have the subway acumen that I have, and it's a useful skill. Um, so, yeah, that was it. New York was a good time. Uh, before we get into our one main topic this week, I just want to shout out two of our more recent guests who've been on the show who've been doing some really cool stuff. Uh, our guest, Derek Clark. Uh, from the Stanley Theater. I've been seeing lots of people going to this How the Grinch Stole Christmas that was over this weekend. My mom went. She loved it. My niece and nephew loved it. A lot of good press. Love Derek. He's a great guy. Keep doing your thing, Derek. And also, want to shout out Tim Hardiman, who was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I give them a lot of credit all the time. Good friend of mine. But they, uh, they were honored this week by the Distinguished Restaurants of North America. Uh, they received an achievement of distinction, which has been given to less than 700 restaurants across North America, one of the most prestigious honors given for fine dining and the hospitality industry. So golf clap for my awesome. buddy Tim. Mm. Congratulations uh, on that. Okay. Um, so let's not – this is a long interview we had today uh, with our good friends Tom Powers and Tim Starziak from John Devereaux's Tavern. You actually knew these guys a little better than I did. I, yeah, no, these guys are – Tim Starziak's a very dear friend of mine, and yeah. I know Tom Powers really well, too. I've known Tom for a long time. He's another great guy. Yeah, they were both very disappointed that you were actually not here to hang out with them. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. That's what happens. You know, you get out at school hours. I'm still at work, so I can't, I can't do anything when they come over early. Mm. Uh, so they were here this week, and we had a uh, really nice conversation with them, uh, and it went a pretty long time. So I guess we should get into the main story this week, and uh, we're going to talk about net neutrality, which is something we probably should have talked about a long time We've ago. We've talked about net neutrality. Yeah, and I think nobody, it's top story, but it really hasn't been put out there as a top story either right now, which is concerning. Well, that, I think there's a reason for that, <laughs> yeah. too, right? Yeah. They've, there's a lot going around about how, um, how the rulings on this are getting put out right before Thanksgiving in a time when people aren't really paying attention to it. But, all right, so before we dig into this, I want to just give a real basic overview of this for people who don't know as much about net neutrality. Uh, net neutrality is the basic principle that prohibits internet service providers like AT&T or Verizon from speeding up, slowing down, or blocking any content applications or websites that you want to use. Uh, it's just sort of the way it works. Uh, so in 2015, uh, the Federal Communications Commission uh, adapted historic net neutrality rules to keep the internet free and open. Um allowing us to share and access information without interference. Uh, right now, FCC Chairman Ajit Pai, I think I pronounced that correctly, uh, he's trying to get rid of that. Uh, in May, the FCC voted to uh, let his plan go forward to uh, to kill online privacy regulations that were supposed to go in in December. Um, and the vast majority of, uh, pardon me, by the end of the summer, this agent, ah, I lost my train of thought. He wants to destroy net neutrality. In May, they voted to let his plan go forward to sort of kill the plan that was already in place. This is a really big deal. Kev, I know you pay a lot of attention to stuff like this. Um, 
And one of the big things you always talk about is like writing in and being involved, and that's one of the big reasons that this story is going around is a lot of people write into this. And this is really important. Yeah, I mean, so layman's term because that was you know there's a lot of stuff there, and you said it all kind of fast. If you don't really know what that neutrality is. Basically, if, if this rule gets taken away, we will become, we will then live in a world where your internet uh, company provider, whoever you got, so we've got like Spectrum, Time Warner here, they can start charging you extra money for tiers. Like, okay, well, you like Netflix and Hulu, that's going to be the extra X amount per month, and you can only use this, and it's going to really restrict the freedoms that people have on the internet and allow, you know, different businesses to take footholds, and they can sort of throttle you, and it'll be the corporatizing of the entire internet is what we're looking at. So they've tried to overturn these rules a uh, great number of time over the last couple of years, specifically since Donald Trump put um, Ajipai in place, who's genuinely one of the biggest scumbags in the world. Like, yeah. I mean, this guy is just awful. Super punchable face, too. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Yes, but, incredibly punchable. Oh, man, he's yeah. got a punchable face. <laughs> and so they always try to sneak this stuff in because the way that it's, it's there's a lot to it. I'm not going to dig in, but the way that the rules work is the FCC has to legally allow for a public comment period. Mm-hmm. And if the public says that they, you know, oppose it, then they can't do it. That's the law. Every time this happens, they end up, their site breaks, quote-unquote, or they'll get, you know, a lot of stuff, and they say, that oh, no, the people love it, but there's no reason for any of the people to love it. And so now they're going to try to backdoor it. They're voting on December 15th. Um, they're going to roll out their plan on Thanksgiving week while everybody is busy and distracted. Look for it in the next day or two. But what you can do is call and put pressure on your congressperson, your local representatives, everything like that. Um, Claudia Tenney is a known scumbag who doesn't actually care about people, but still, if you flood her off with so many calls, so many letters, so many emails, that they can't help but notice it's the least we can do because anybody who enjoys the entertainment for any kind of, or the internet for any kind of entertainment, any kind of business, any kind of connectivity that they use needs to be very, very concerned about where this is going to go because this might take it all away for good. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about here, Heather, you can probably speak to this a little bit as well. Um, this is really crucial, uh, crucial for like small business owners and startups and entrepreneurs because the internet really sort of allows people to have this kind of, uh, at least to present with a level playing field more than they could in other ways. And without these sort of regulations in place, this kind of ends, right? I don't know how you feel about that, but... Well, I... Being that I'm going to be starting another business, yeah, I'm wondering like what's going to happen with the internet if, so, for example, say Spectrum doesn't like to work with Google and mm-hmm. I'm paying for ads on Google and no one can get on Google because it's running slow mm-hmm. or it it is a little bit scary going into with a small business. I think anyone around here should be a little bit nervous about that too. Well, I think you know you look at like me, Utica, you look at yeah. even the show in general. Like all this stuff is sort of small business stuff. Yeah. It, it all affects everything, and I just. I saw a lot of coverage on the internet today when I was looking up stuff for this, and I'm glad that there was a lot out there, but I didn't see a lot until I started looking for it, so I really hope that people don't let this one slip past. This this is a... It's very well discussed and talked about in, like, tech circles and online communities and yeah. things like that, but people in the day-to-day average life... Basically, the, the type of people who don't really think about the internet, what it is, where does it come from, and what do I do with it, the people who don't actively think about those questions aren't necessarily the type to pay attention to an issue like this. They're all like, you know, I've got my own problems in life. I'm not worried about this kind of thing. Sounds over my head. Whatever they do, it's going to be fine. But this is one of those things that would be a great opportunity for people to get a little more educated about what the internet is and how we get it. And um, it's it's it sounds silly to say it over and over, but it really is very, very important to everybody. If you hmm. look up 
Portugal doesn't have net neutrality. And if you look up, they have now installed like all these different plans. Say you want to use your iMessage, your FaceTime, and some of that, that's like a $5 package. Mm -hmm. Then another $5 package if you want to have Netflix and Amazon. And they have it, like you can go online and look it up, but it's crazy how much you have to pay just to have yeah. one of your apps on your phone. Imagine yeah. all your apps on your phone, each going to a category that costs five bucks. Well, and they'll also be able <laughs> to start capping things. I mean, everybody knows that horror feeling when your phone's like, oh, you're almost out of data for the month, and you know if you go over, you're getting jacked. Yeah. So you're like, oh, let me go home and plug into my Wi-Fi because I'm not, you know, I can yeah, well, use whatever I want. <laughs> that will also be gone. So you're talking about things like, you know, think about all the Netflix, yeah. Hulu, whatever the people stream in a given month. I mean, it's insane. Everybody. And, the, and now you'll start going over and capping so you're halfway through a season or whatever you're watching like oh I'm about to go over my data I have an extra $200 on my bill just like a cell phone and it's going to be almost now even though low income are not going to have the option of internet oh no you know, it's low gonna, income and rural people the only thing you're going to see is like Trump TV oh yeah and that's <laughs> so all, a, it's all it's going to be on is Trump TV you know funny <laughs> you mentioned that place, because it's, I'm glad you say that because <laughs> this is an administration that is not particularly happy on people who dissent against their opinions so it's really going to be a problem if they suddenly have a lot more power to clamp down on those individuals um, yeah. as we fall down the dystopian rabbit hole even farther um, so, uh, I'll just throw this out there for you folks. I'm going to link this to where I found all this information. This was actually just called savetheinternet.com, which is one of the first places I found a lot of these websites. If you type in net neutrality, will link you directly to FCC comment boards you can send to write to uh, the FCC, to your congressperson, uh, to your local state officials. Uh, this is an important one. You should do it. Kev, you already kind of jumped the gun on it, and I was planning on putting you on the spot um, with a little impromptu, put me back out there. A little impromptu, Kevin responds. But I was going to ask you if you knew who really loves big internet and hates net neutrality, and that was your boo, Claudia Tenney. Yo, Claudia Tenney is such a bum and doing such a poor job of representing our district in Congress, and it's the most uh, craven, classless, transparent thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm, it's pretty bad, and it's horrible. And I cannot wait to vote against that woman again. Uh -huh. um, you know, next November. It's going to be great. When, when I called in today to pass it along, the guy goes, yeah, I'll pass it along to her. Oh, yeah. I'm... That's all he says. He's like, yeah, I'll pass I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Have a great day. little info for you. Claudia Tenney is one of 265 members of Congress who voted in favor of removing the regulations that keep internet service providers from selling search histories without consumer knowledge. And according to the National Institute on Money and State Policies, what do you know? All 265 of these votes came from elected officials who took donations from the telecom industry. I was going to say, did you know that, that Claudia Tenney took almost $10,000 from the telecom industry in her last election? I did. You know who didn't know that? Who? Claudia Tinney. According to her, she doesn't pay attention to of the people who give her money not. during her campaigns, although it uh, does make her constituents question That's the motive. disgusting. Of course she does. <laughs> so you're either, you're either stupid or incompetent or, or lying. Which one do you want it to be? I mean... Can it be all three? Oh, she's worse. If anybody from Claudia Tenney's office is listening, please get Claudia in touch with the show. I would love to interview her on the air. Uh, she would never come on here in a million years. No, she no, I'm one audience. of her constituents, so I wouldn't imagine she would sit down with me. <laughs> Unless she hand-selected me, knew what questions I was going to ask, and could edit the video footage herself uh. later. Well, she condescendingly looked at her phone while pretending to listen to me. Then maybe she would do it. But other than that, she does not care about us. No, no, not at all. Uh, all right, let's move on to, well, I have one more story. I guess, uh, I don't really, we don't need to go too far into this. Um, but it was a big story today. Uh, Charles Manson, uh, leader of the Violet Manson family cult, uh, was dead uh, this weekend at age 83 of natural causes. Um, 
So I'm kind of torn about this. Like, it is a news story, right? It's an important yeah. news story. Although... Is it important? Well, that's kind of the question, right? It's fascinating. This is a thing that happened. It's a thing that happened. This is definitely a thing that happened. Yeah, it's fascinating, but, like, should we talk about it? Like, he is a famous cult leader. He's not a... Why, wouldn't we, why couldn't we talk about that? I don't, you don't want to glorify all well, the shit that. he you did, right? You can talk right? about anything. You're not yeah. glorifying the guy by discussing yeah. what he did. Yeah, well, I, I didn't really want to dig in through all the details, but there was some pretty gross stuff. Sad part is, it is kind of a weird, fascinating story, and it has been depicted in many books, documentaries, and mediums. It's a very popular uh, Another one story. coming out, too. Tarantino's making that movie there's about it. There's a good it. podcast called The Cults, too, and there's mm. a good story, two-part story on Charles on yeah. Manson. Like, mm. a real in-depth on there. So. I think Tarantino's got uh, Leonardo DiCaprio attached to play Charles oh, Manson, wow. actually. As I'm looking at this picture of Charles Manson that our listeners can't see, I can kind of see it. Uh-huh. Can you see where oh, they absolutely. would, like, present it? Yeah. <laughs> I see it a little got bit it. there. Um... Yeah, Charles Manson. Uh, I didn't think he was ever going to die. I really didn't. He, I'm thought, like, he, was the, he <laughs> thought he was the devil. I would have yeah. gu- guessed 50-50 that he was already dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. That's pretty good. Uh, well, that's something we can be thankful for. Charles Manson, dead at 83-ish. See ya. Peace. <laughs> Peace, brother. All right. Um, it is Thanksgiving this Thursday. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. You gotta go there. You gotta go once um, I was trying to be snarky about you it. Did it. All right. Well, uh, so guys, on Sunday when I came back from New York, I rushed immediately up to my mom's house, who is the best, by the way. I'm not knocking her. Shout for, out to Sam's mom. Oh, uh, yeah, cool. she's great. Uh, for Shout a, out to all that good stuffing in the fridge. Yeah, she, uh, impromptu Thanksgiving dinner on Sunday because right. my family's sort of scattering to the winds this week coming up. Smart. Uh, but this is our Thanksgiving episode, so I guess I've already had Thanksgiving, but do either of you guys have any interesting Thanksgiving plans coming up for your holiday? I'm going to Zach's parents, and the, their whole family gets together there. It's pretty big. Big time? Yeah. A lot of people? Yeah. Traditional? A lot of drinking, basketball, if, there's, if it's not snowing out, football mm. watching. Pretty good. Kind pretty. Of that kind of thing. Kev, how about you? Thanksgiving uh, plans? Yeah, man. Family, eating, hanging out, catching yeah. up. You know, just the standard. Nothing, mm. nothing wild. Uh, I do love Thanksgiving, so I was a little disappointed that this year was sort of like an amended Thanksgiving late, uh, late in the year. Uh, but it was fine. I got all this delicious food. Uh, and we're going to do a couple different Thanksgiving-themed things today. I figured you guys would, uh, a little something fun to break up all this terrible net neutrality, Claudia Tinney, Charles Manson nonsense. So, uh, there's a small six-question uh, Thanksgiving science quiz that the Washington Post put out today. It's interactive. I have not tried it yet. I'm giving you my scout's honor, so you don't think I'm cheating, okay? Okay. And you can watch me do it. I figured it'd be fun if we did this together, and we could see who did the best. Okay. Are you guys ready? Sure. Ready. Okay. Question number one. We know that birds and dinosaurs are related. What what is science nerd code for Thanksgiving? Theropod Thursday, that's number one. Dinosaur Dissection Day, that's number two. Revelry of the Roasted Reptiles, that's number three. Or T-Rexmas, which is number four and also my favorite. And I'm going to take that one. I'm going to go with the first one. Uh, Theropod Thursday. Yeah. Is anybody you, uh, people that are really using these terms? There's going to be some story to it, I assume, afterwards <clears throat> when I press the button. Oh, jeez. Um, I'll take the third one. That sounded the wildest. Revelry of the Roasted Reptile? Sure. The answer is Dinosaur Dissection Day. Uh, well, apparently they're very clever because they think that this is something scientists use because dinosaurs and turkeys are, these are related. Are friends of yours? I don't know. I didn't come up with it. Uh, down, down in New York. 
Uh, the reptilian approximation of a turkey apparently is what? something like a velociraptor type thing. So this is what the oh. paleontologists and science community calls it because they're cutting up a dinosaur. It's like a near bird, right? Okay. Yeah, they can be idiots for some smart right. guys. All right. That was the worst one of these quiz. I looked at some of the oh, questions. Oh, Jesus, that, that's yeah. encouraging. Okay, so good. All right. Sweet potatoes were popular in the 16th and 17th century because people thought they, A, brought good luck, B, killed intestinal worms, C, boosted sex drive, or D, made excellent projectiles. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go with good luck. Oh, sorry, you go first. No, go ahead. No, I'm going to go with good luck. Good luck. It just seems something. I'm going to go with boosted sex drive. Um, I used to work at a restaurant that served sweet potatoes, and at the end of the night, the leftover sweet potatoes, um, the kitchen staff would throw at the, the female servers, joking around <laughs> while cleaning up, and it was excellent because they explode on contact when they're heated. So I would say makes excellent projectiles. <laughs> All right. Very good. Let's see. Ooh, boosted sex drive. One for the boy. Tasty orange tubers. So if you ever see Sam out at the grocery store buying sweet potatoes, you know what time it is. A whole cart full. Ladies, slide into the DMs. Yes, that's right. Sweet potatoes were eaten to, quote, procure bodily lust and that with greediness. That's what the quote was from a 1597 book on New World Plants. So there you go. So that's one for the boy. One for your mains. And nothing for you guys. All right. Number three. Where do marshmallows get their name from? Uh, a, the mating ingredient comes from mallow plants that grow in marshes. Uh, B, they were created by Chef Josiah P. Marsh of Mallow, Ireland. That sounds fake. <laughs> uh, C, it was a five-year-old girl's entry in a contest to name a new confection. Or D, the original name was Welsh Fellows, but Chewing Diners mispronounced it. That also sounds fake. I feel like I'm going to go with the five-year-old girl over C. That's the one I was going to go You're with. You're C as well? Yeah, Kev? I will always ride and die with the Irish. I will take uh, Josiah Marshall Mello, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's the boring one. It's A. Uh, the main oh. ingredient comes from the mallow plant that's common in marshes. I probably I felt like it was too obvious, right? Yeah, I didn't want to go. Okay, all right. So I'm still one up. We're not doing very well in this. Uh, all right, number Those are weird questions. <laughs> well, they're supposed to be like science and stuff, right? All right. This is science? <laughs> I guess. This is what's happened? Call a congressperson and tell them to fund education. <laughs> call, call the Washington Post and tell them to write better articles. All right, uh, we may not have pumpkin pie or baked squash on the table if it weren't for A, space rocks. B, the little-known folk hero Percival Pumpkin Seed. That sounds fake. Uh, C, a massive prehistoric hurricane. Or D, Mastodon poop. Oh, come on. I don't know. I'm, we might not have which or which. Pumpkins, pumpkin pie, or baked squash. Because of A, space rocks, B, Percival pumpkin seed, little known folk hero, uh, massive prehistoric hurricanes, or mastodon poop. I'm going to go with hurricane. Hurricane. I'm hoping for the hurricane, or, but it's going to be the poop. I'm going to go with space rocks, because I like space rocks. The answer is indeed poop. Kevin, you Good got job. it. Yeah. Uh, it was from the Paleolithic era, some of the seeds, as how far far back they go. The reason you would know is why would they put poop in the question if that's not it? Uh, that's a good point. It's not like it'd be literally lowbrow if you just made that up for no reason. It's a good point. All right. What natural process made America, North America so hospitable for cranberries? Is it A, bumblebee uh, pollination? B, sand dune formation? C, 
galactic melting, or sorry, galactic, glacial melting, galactic melting would be excellent. Glacial melting would not be excellent. <laughs> We'd be in a lot of trouble. Uh, glacial melting, uh, C, or D, asteroid melting. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with bumblebee pollution is my pick here. I'm going to go with... Glacial Mountain. What was it? No. Speak it up. Um, Glacial Mountain. Glacial Mountain. I keep putting my hand, hand in front of my mouth lately. <laughs> 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 yeah. What's wrong We're going to take Glacial Melting? Yeah. All right. The answer is Glacial Melting. All right. Because you got to have them in the pools of water. Makes sense. Uh, receding glaciers left cranberry-friendly organic deposits in meltwater ponds and wetlands. So there you go. Uh, so, Kevin, you're in the lead, and if you get this right, you'll be the winner. Uh, all I can do is tie you if you get it wrong. That's where we are. Mm. All right. Who do I win? Are there prizes? Do we have prizes? Uh, do we have prizes? We could take a longer break than normal between between segments. A longer no, a break's not a prize. Oh. Mm. Break's not a prize. Maybe we start negotiation for history lessons. Oh, wow. Maybe well, we history. negotiate. Right. <laughs> Two history lessons today. All right. All right. So, uh, mythologically speaking, what was the first cornucopia? Was it A, the golden ponytail of a Viking princess, B, the shell of a giant malevolent snail slain by the gods, C, the horn of a magical goat, or D, Santa's hat? Viking princess, shell of giant malevolent snail slain by gods, horn of magical goat, or Santa's hat? And now this is the cornucopia. This is the cornucopia. Well, what do you guys think? Horn of the magical goat. I feel like that's the obvious answer, but I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to say golden ponytail of Viking princess. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately for you, it is the horn of a magical goat, and watch what happens. Yep, you are Boom. correct, indeed. Damn. So, Kevin, you win with three. Heather, you have two. I have one. I know the least about thanks. Give you it. were out to a lead, though. You had an early lead. I had an early lead. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. you took what, some brave picks. I'll tell you what you win. I had a whole extra list of Thanksgiving facts that we will not do. How's that? Ah, uh, well. <laughs> you didn't get to hear the other option. <laughs> well, there is no other option. The other option is I read them and we go longer. Oh. Let's just go to this week's interview. We've done. Uh, we've done more than enough damage for this first segment, and let's. Uh, Let's take a second to talk about Tom Powers and Tim Starziak. Really, really wonderful guys. Uh, it was really, really nice to have them in the house. Um, I knew you guys would get along. Really, you know, over. it's funny. I didn't realize that I had worked with Tim before, and I think that happens to him all the time. Like, we were in yeah. the restaurant world. I you used know, to work with Tim. Everybody's worked with Tim. And that was sort of the way the conversation sort of went. Uh, we sort of talked about what it's like to be in the restaurant grind, the people you know. Uh, and I have to say, I appreciate Tim and Tom for being really... Uh, honest and candid about not just their bar, but, like, just the bar scene in general, about, like, the city of Utica and just life. It was a lot of fun talking to them. Uh, so let's get to our interview with Tim Starziak and Tom Powers talking about the John Devro Tavern, and we will be back in just a moment.
You're a Kigami guy, then? East Utica, yeah. yeah, I've been, I've lived all over though, sadly enough. So I'm a bit of a nomad. Tom, did you have to come far for this? No, no. Well, I'm, I'm originally a Cornhill kid. I used to ride my oh, bike wow. nice. on the street quite a bit as a kid. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, us Cornhill kids would always come south. <laughs> like, like Halloween, we saw right. I think they dropped the bus off. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you don't. Look I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But best candy was always in South Utica. Always, yeah. You know, <laughs> mom wasn't loading us up. You had no. to go out on your own. You ride the bike, and if you yeah. make it back with the it's candy, your, it's yours. Yeah, your pillowcase, and you're you're off. You're off to the races. See, I grew up uh, a few streets away from here on Valentine Bray inside. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Absolutely. Halloween in Valentine Bray, that area was always. Full candy oh, bars, yeah. and full full bars for sure. It was sure. the sort of stuff yeah. that we would hear stories yeah. about the next day. Like, yeah, oh, they were giving oh, out yeah. full candy bars. Yeah. Oh no, people would bring their kids from other parts of town and to drop them oh, off yeah, in South Utica. Say, go ahead, kids. Yeah, go they still do. do. Absolutely, oh, yeah. it's, it's a good do. move. It's a power move. It's a good idea. Yeah. If, if if you make it happen, it's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, boys, it's a real pleasure to have you here in the studio. I am, of course, talking with Tom Powers and Tim Starziak, uh, the owners of the reopened, uh, revamped, all new. John Devereaux's Tavern, yes. uh, 34 Devereaux uh, Street. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys in. Um, now, it's funny because it's always interesting because I, I know you guys only through my dealings with uh, my good friends Kevin and Cliff. Kevin, of course, the co-host of this show. And he was very excited that you guys were coming in. So uh, he's put a lot of pressure on you guys to be entertaining. I want you to know that. Okay. Uh, we're disappointed Kevin's out here. <laughs> He'll be here at some point. Though. He's ah, always lurking ah. around. Um, so for the sake of uh, starting this uh Properly, uh, Tom. Let's start with you for just one second. Sure, uh, Tom. It's a pleasure you're here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And I guess I'll ask the opening question, Tom. Where are you initially from? Where were you born? Where were you raised? I am a uh, Utica kid, Utica. born and bred. Mm-hmm. Grew up on Elmwood Place in Utica, New York. Elmwood Place. Wow. Yeah, people call it James Street Park. It's actually Watson and Williams Park. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where I was born and bred. So here we sit in South Utica, and <laughs> brings back a lot of fond memories. On the come up, <laughs> we're sitting yeah, on the come up in South right? Utica. Uh, Uwe Parker kid or UFA? Uh, no, 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 UFA. UFA. I'm old. I'm old. So I'm glad you said of, that. I was one of the last. I was one of the last kids out of there. So and I, I wear the Titan mantle very, very proudly. Yeah, the UFA Titans is such an interesting concept. Uh, I I taught at Proctor last year and I teach in the schools around here and the kids were always fascinated because they had no idea there ever was another. Oh, it's another high school. Too. It's yeah. huge yeah. too. Yeah. And there's like a certain level of living in Utica you have to have lived in to know that UFA exists. Like there's a cutoff line somewhere mm-hmm. where nobody knows it anymore. They just know it as the Psych Center. The Psych Center, yeah, yeah, or the Loretto yeah, Home. Loretto yeah. Home, which. Um, yeah, you, prior to getting this business, I'm a social worker by trade. Oh, really? Yeah, I spent mm. 16 years with kids in Ida and uh, started oh, wow. out at um, Bosey's on Middle Settlement Road mm. and uh, worked a little bit at the House of Good Shepherd. Mm. So um, we used to go in there for work study. Oh, yeah. And it was so, I don't know, it was it was really heartwarming to walk those old halls, but mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, wow, yeah, it's uh, little... how things have changed, you know? Well, it's funny that. You know, if you go back to the time when they were discussing which high school was going to stay open, it very easily could have been UFA. There was a lot of discussions that UFA was going to be the well, high school. Well, yeah, and understandably so. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, following that uh, yeah, yeah. as I was in college, and there was, Busting as issues, a person right? who, um, well, there's just so much more land over at Proctor. Yeah. Uh, it was easier to get in, in and out of that neighborhood for buses. Yeah, for sure. Um, the actual part of the fight was, is bigger school, is a bigger school better? Um, it offers more services, but some of the kids get lost in the mix. I was so. a pro- yeah, I was a Proctor kid. I graduated in 04 from Proctor and, um, you know, it, 
it did some not for me necessarily, but I, I see it in my high school kids now. They're it's overwhelming sometimes. It's a lot. It's big. That's some a kids, big school. Some kids, That's a big school. Yeah, and you sink or swim with that. You either learn really quickly how if you can hang with like this kind of this kind of crowd. And I always say it. I really felt like Proctor. I went to New York City after I went to um, thing. I think Proctor and living in, in that environment really prepared me for like a big city life and like the realities of the world much better than it a lot of other places. prepared you for life's yeah. realities a lot more. Exactly. I yeah. came from an elementary school that had, yeah. I think we had 50 kids oh, yeah. in the whole school. There was more than that in my homeroom. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, for me, the gift was the, the diversity of the school mm. and the neighborhood I grew up in um, allowed me as a social worker to interact with, with anyone that, uh, you know, that I was presented with because I had that, you know, experience mm. as a child and as a student coming through the Utica school system. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me ask you this. You went to UFA. Did you go to college afterwards? Uh, yes. Where'd you go? Yes. I went to MV, then Niagara University. Love MV. I have a long um, track record of appreciating yeah, it. I was supposed to go to Wagner and broke my foot. Ooh. So um, on my crutches, I entered MV, mm. and then uh, I went to Niagara University after that. How was Niagara for you? Um, it was actually, it was, it was a great experience. Um, it was a very good school. Mm. Um, I went to do some master's work at SUNY IT, oh, nice. which I found the state school to be much better than the private school, Yeah, only wow. because the <laughs> campus is much nicer. Uh, every single one of my professors was a doctor opposed to adjunct at Niagara. But the people I met at Niagara are phenomenal. The area out there is outstanding to be um, is a college student because Canada is actually out your window. Oh, yeah. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful place to, to go to school. And did you go to kids uh, kids that directly after college? Uh, no, 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 no. In the social work field, if you don't start out the house of good shepherd, you, mm, really? you have, Interesting. You have no, 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 no bones. Uh, you have no background. Yeah, I never knew that. So uh, uh, I started out there, and then I went to work at Boses on Middle Settlement. Hmm. And then from there, I went to uh, Kids in Ida. How did you, uh, how did you meet uh, this gentleman, Mr. Starziak, over here? He started working for me at the Celtic Harp. Yeah. Okay, so you guys met at the Harp. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a good place where I'm going to stop for a second, and I'm going to come over to talk to you for just a moment, Tim. As I admire your life-size Elder Wand replication up there. That's what it looks like. It looks like, <laughs> looks like the Elder Wand. We have a lot of chachi around this house. There's a lot of wrestling stuff. There's a lot of, like, old... T- we have a lot of old grandpa stuff, because a lot of this is from my grandparents' houses and stuff. Uh, All this, that stuff's popular. This roll-top desk is very... I was very pleased about this when so I, I snuck this one out. Um, yeah, yeah, we have a, it's tough when you have two single dudes trying to decorate an apartment by themselves. Like, what do we, yeah. what do we even yeah. like? I don't know. The fact that you have furniture yeah. is a it's, plus. Yeah, yeah, you get two marks for that. We just sleep on air mattresses. Oh, I, I, I don't feel like I'm sticking to it. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, this is pretty clean in here. This you is know, really, there's no squeak to it. Single ladies out One there, this house is pretty nice. Than the I, other. I do my best to try and keep, uh, <laughs> hospitable in here. Yeah, it's, it, you know, you're doing very well. Well, thank you. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Tim, this name, the last name Starziak threw me off. It's a very popular last name around here. Lots of Starziaks. And you are not related to my boss at work, who I had to ask. Uh, Jackie or Ron? Jackie. It's funny enough, Jackie was my guidance counselor. Yeah. And we're like, are you sure? Because that's not like, hey, Jones, you know, well, there's a million Jones. We're like, I know some Starziaks. Like, your last name is, like, there's multiple Starziaks and you're not related? It's mind-boggling. I feel like, and I, I might be wrong, but I feel like we know each other from somewhere before. And I'm trying to gauge it. I've worked at... Any place that sells food or beverage in the Utica area would probably work there. Did you work at Delmonico? I did. Well, you were there with like Steve Anderson? I was. I was, I was. probably a busboy when you were there. That would explain that. There did was a you... lot of people. We, I think we've had this conversation. Everybody, most people that have a place either own it or run 
have all worked together at some point yeah. now. Like all the old guard has mm-hmm. kind of moved out. You know the the old Ishutaga restaurants and the, the yeah, old yeah. standbys. We all worked for Dave and John at some point. You know oh, yeah. Wood and David Wood. Just saw him this weekend. Actually, it was nice to see he, Dave. him and Tess. They came in for lunch yesterday. Actually, nah, he's a great guy. But yeah, but so you see the face. Like, well, how do we know each other? Hmm. Usually, it's Delmonico's. At some point or another, most food workers have passed through Delmonico's. When I came, I was I started at Delmonico's, and then when I came back from, I was working at a restaurant in New York City for a long time, and then when I came back from New York, I went to Taylor and the Cook for a while because I knew nice. Tim Hardiman. So great dude. I was around. Yeah, Tim's a good man. Great, great. Dude. Uh he's a great he was actually on the show not too long ago, like a few weeks ago. And I think they just won some they award. Just wanted, yeah, they just won a very Absolutely. prestigious award actually. Like a week after he was on the show, I was like, man, you couldn't yeah. have like told me you were getting this a week. You didn't know he couldn't have let me get the scoop. Uh, no, he they, they've worked they've worked and earned that every I, step of the way. I tell him all the time that I uh he 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 stuck his neck out there for me when he didn't have to and I, I respect him to this day just for he's his Delmo's guy too. Yeah Delmo's guy too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got off track talking about restaurants. It's very common. Uh, Tim, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> I, you know, it happens. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Timmy, where were you born, and raised? Like Tom, I'm a Utica guy. You didn't have, you Proctor, Proctor through and through. Mm. Um, did my four years there and joined the workforce right away. So you did, you went right into work right after. Worked through high school, as a matter of fact. Thank mm. God for Mr. Nemi and the work release, not work release oh, program. Early, yeah, <laughs> early, early, early discussion, not yeah. work release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that as well, by the way. I was Johnny Nemi. Oh, Johnny. We still, he still calls me the wizard to this day because I did the senior play. It was in the Wizard of Oz. It was oh, there. really? Yeah. They minimized my lack of talent, thank God, and just <laughs> sit up there behind the curtain and don't let anybody see you. But to this day, Mr. Nemi still calls me the wizard. It's funny. I did drama club there one year, and I did a play called Sweet Charity, and I remember they nice. used to call me the single threat because I could sing... And I couldn't really act, and I was a terrible <laughs> dancer. <laughs> so, yeah, give him, give him one song, and then not much Don't screw this up, and then get him off stage quickly. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I had a nice little niche. It was great. It was Going to radio, kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, nice golden vocals you got there. So you you went right from right from Proctor into the working world. How did you find your way to the harp? Like, was it a was it a ponderous road or? No, I was making a roast for retired Jewish ladies at Ooh. the Citroen Home. Wow, Citroen Home. Yeah, yeah. That had run its course. I can imagine. I think I got hired. <laughs> I got fired from Citroen on a Monday. Oh, yeah. I applied at Celtic on a Thursday because I distinctly remember this. I talked to Carrie, my old boss, mm-hmm. and Tom met me on a Thursday. He was like, A, B, and C, this, that, and the other. We'll give it a try tomorrow. And I was I started on Friday and never left. So you guys, you're together now at the Celtic Harp. What year is this that you guys sort of run into each other at the Harp? Well, the Harp was a little over eight years old. And we met in 2010. So we met in 2010. June of 2010. Yeah, 2010. And he, he took a brief respite to... As you moved away, mm-hmm. I think everyone should move away from Utica for a while before you return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, learn you learn to appreciate it a little bit better. Oh, yeah. Not sitting in your car, not paying, you know, exorbitant, you know, amounts of money for things that mm-hmm. uh, shouldn't cost that much. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> then he returned. He returned. Seven dollars. And uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, he returned from his respite, and mm-hmm. you know, he started back with us, and the, the manager was uh, who originally hired him. Uh, wanted her move on and get a house and start all that kind of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So she left for a real job. And uh, Tim's been, you know, the, the right-hand man since. I'll say this. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a frequent, uh, what do you call it, customer of the Harp. I mean, I don't go to Barrick that often. Right. You think so because Cliff and Gabber are, like, around. But I tend to... But they're to, mostly lunchtime people. They're mostly lunchtime You find folks. a lot of guys, a lot of people in that... 27, yeah. 28 to like 50 range. Yeah. But they love your they, they love you guys so much. They talk about it all the time. And I have to admit, every time I'm on Barrick Street and I'm 
at the heart, it's always packed. Like, you guys did, really did something yeah, really well. I would. Yeah. I would. <laughs> so, I may ask you this question. Why, why now did you decide it was a good time to expand out to something else? Well, um, you know, being an, uh, the older of the two, much older of the two, I have not much fond older. memories. <laughs> I have fond memories of the Devereux. I know when it was yeah. very successful. Um, in the, the the genre that we're bringing it back into being an old school tavern mm. with solid lunches, a real nice happy hour crowd, um, some low key entertainment mm. down the road. Mm. That's when I remember it. I remember going to see, uh, you know, Joe and Devin and all the, yeah. you know, all those guys do their thing uh, after work on a Friday. Mm. Um, so. It has fond memories, and I remember going there for lunch, seeing yeah. attorneys and people who you know worked at the state building, the county, et cetera. Um, so I knew what it what it was and what it could be again, and I knew the person to, to make that happen to do that with was, was Tim. So you know, um, and in no offense to the dev, I was in there when it was rocking. Yeah, it was a yeah. different place. Oh yeah. Um, you know, well, I'm glad you bring that up because you know Tim Tim Schramm has been on the show many times. He's a close yeah. friend. He's a close friend of mine. Great but yeah. but and I loved I loved what he tried to do there. But I also understood um, that it was a very particular audience and niche that he was appealing to. And I always, and we've talked about this me and Tim many times. It's not a secret. Uh, I always felt like his biggest problem down there was that he was a rock and roll type bar. Where if you didn't want to go there, if you wanted to hang out there, you were sort of stuck there because there wasn't really anything out. You couldn't. Right, there wasn't walking island, space. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're there. sort of on that island out there by yourself, and I always felt like that ended up being a hindrance to him, like in the long run. Is that something you it, guys have thought about with it, that location? It, it, it remi- going back to it, it yeah. reminded me a lot of the EC. Yes. And yeah. I think that that would be successful on Berg Street. Correct. Um, but like you said, he's on the island. You know, there's an old Irish saying. Best thing that happened to a pub is have one open up next door. Yeah. So had he been near um, similar types of establishments, I think he would have, you know, really done, you know, a a lot of good things. But it is like being on it. Well, not necessarily for us, but for that genre, yeah. Mm -hmm. We said that about Strut for years. So what is Strut? Yeah. Then turn into Gordon's and... Was Riptides? I remember Riptides. I accidentally walked into Riptides on accident one night, and the music stopped. I'm just looking for somebody and leaving. (laughs) But Strut was so far ahead of its time, and it was out there on an island in a very maybe not niche per se, but it was. They were doing cocktails and like specialty shots and the garnish. Everything yeah. was very cool. Wasn't there another yeah. place that was open? Gordon's Tap Room was that the other one that was open briefly down there? Briefly there was, down and again, yeah. another. I think it still might be open. I don't really. I haven't know. been down in a recently. Long time. Closed. I just is it? Just yeah. 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 But again, I and there was an O2 across the bar at the yeah. street, so it really wasn't on its own. No, yeah, that's not island, really totally, totally different. Completely, there was three different bars. Yeah. yeah, there was that place, level, and strut. And strut, yeah. And they had three completely different crowds. It's not like you bounce from. But, but they weren't. To, but they weren't going. Yeah, I was gonna say you're not. Yeah, gonna you're not in, comp- in competition. You're not by any the same stretch. person in all three. Well, I always thought the bar scene in Utica was very interesting, right? Because you have this sort of big, big clump of bars on Barrack Street, this big centralized hub, and then South Utica used to have a few more bars than it does now. But you, South Utica is pretty much two bars that I can think of, like three Auburn maybe. And, yeah. Auburn, yeah. Auburn yeah. Onion, and Shorties are the only three I can think of that are walking distance. Well, Shorties is closed. Is Shorties closed now? See, oh, yeah. How often I go to Shorties. Yep. So. Um, the lease ran out with OTV. It was, oh. it was a sub-lease. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no real estate available to really... I mean, there's the 
barbecue place yeah. in Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. There's the Auburn, which is a staple. Yeah, love the Auburn. You know, it's uh, like Christmas know. bar for me. Whenever my friends come home for Christmas, oh, yeah, Auburn's closed oh, yeah. in twenty years. Yeah. The lights have never shut off at the Auburn yeah. in two decades. <laughs> no, no, no. It, you know, it's yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, and then and then it's really there's nothing. There's not nowhere to put anything else. Yeah. There's a little. Um, I don't know if it's a brew pub. I haven't had a chance to stop yet. Of course, there's the Onion, which is. Um, they do fine business. Doing they well. have a very all the way through. strong crowd in this area that loves to go there. Um, and then there's a place that opened up in the old train station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, recently, but between Genesee and the bridge, in the actual South Utica area, there's really no real estate available to put anything in. I so. Was, uh, I was a punk rocker kid growing up, so when I was 15, I was at Captain Trips or Amnesia or whatever it was called. Oh, yeah. Rain Captain, Dessert, we went yeah. to a Halloween party at Captain Trips on yeah. like a Friday, which you're buying Tuesday and the building was gone. Do you remember that? It just wasn't there I anymore. I can't even tell you how upset it made me that not only did they sell the building and get rid of whatever, but they tore it down. They tore it down. They knocked it down in like me, in five hours. Uh, so It drove me so wild. Was like Someone could have done something with that. It was a great venue if oh, someone knew how to... That act. was a destination too. Yeah. Drove, oh, I was so angry well, about like, that. Well, you asked about you know whether you're out on the island, yeah, it's yeah. the dev exactly. or it's the or strut or something. I think what we see a lot of, and this led to our conversations about mm-hmm. the projects that we have going, like the baby boomers at one point drove the whole marketplace. Right now, you see what millennials, millennials. There's always term, yeah, yeah there, there's always different <laughs> sub variations, yeah. but that group now seems to be driving a lot of it. Yeah, and I know a lot of people. I'm 35. I know a lot of people that like hey Tim, I would go down there. But I want to fight with the kids, and I'm sticking to the floor, and I can't hear right. each other. There's a lot of people that feel that way. Oh yeah, well, the the crowd that's old and that doesn't go away. It doesn't like they yeah. not like they're going anywhere. Like um, yeah, we did Ramada recently. Yeah, um, Fuji and Sammy did it, and that was going for a little bit. The like the fifty and up crowd, fifty to sixty five. Yeah. People, there's people come out, they spend money the same. They're, no, they're coming out. <laughs> there's no problems, and yeah. Um, Young folks bring a particular set of their own issues when you when you when you're marketing toward a younger crowd. Anyway, you're just you're asking for a different subset of what you're expecting. Oh yeah. yeah. I want to ask you guys a couple questions about some of the changes that you guys have been uh, doing to the bar because uh, as I was surprised to know because no one at Main you could tell me when they produce things. Katie and Alyssa had come in and written you guys up already this week, and no one told me that I had seen it. I found out because somebody tagged me in it. Yeah, well, that's... We did see them for lunch. Yeah, yeah. It was very nice. It was like, like with yourself, mm. I've always heard her name, but I never really had a face to go with it. That's how we like to I do said, things. Oh, you're Katie. That's how we do things. Katie. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. Very nice girl. But... So let me ask you this. You guys went with the hardwood floors, which I think is an excellent uh, an excellent thing. It looks great. It looks beautiful. I know. We rehabbed them. You rehabbed them. Yeah, yeah. They look great. It was it was an arduous project. Yeah. Um, nice. But they needed to be done. That's great. To, <laughs> cover, to cover those, I, I felt it would have been a crime. So did Tim. So we, exactly. we had to find the right guy, and, and he did a great job. Mm. But we couldn't rescue was the tin ceiling. Oh, they're um, still buried up there, sadly enough. It, it just would... In the past hundred years, the ceiling has been cut, ripped, tore. Right. They were hacking. Just, put it, it just, and, stuff. and and I had someone come in and, uh, we had someone come in and look at it and he's like, nah, this just would cost you way too much. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately that, we couldn't save, but we saved the, the old school wooden booths. We mm-hmm. saved the floor, um, and, you know, we, we extended the bar. So we kept, kept it as, as, as near as we could to where, um, it would have been, you know, when it first opened. And credit where it's due, I think this also speaks to the nice relationship that we have. A lot of those were his idea. Mm. Credit where it's due, 
He was like, listen, we should. They had a waiter. Remember, they had the service station where yeah. the bar ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, we got to get rid of this and just build the bar. This is wasted space. Great idea. This is idea to do when well, we ripped up the carpets. Hmm. Smelled like John Devereaux's been sleeping on them. We finally yeah. <laughs> we ripped those up and, and put a nice little deco design, a little no, easy, yeah. easily cleanable. And he, Tom's very good at that sort of thing. Where that, whereas I'm more with, uh, okay, you know, get the staff in, get them trained up, we can right. do menu items, and we don't step on each other's toes. It works fantastic. Well, that's that's probably the best thing possible scenario though to have sort of the because that's one of the things I always you know, me and Kevin talked about this for years. He's been co-hosting the show since the beginning. We've been in bands for years. It's nice to have somebody around who you can say. I trust that if I ask you to do something or if you're going to do it, that it's going to be right, it's going to yeah. be good, and I take your, I, I'm taking you on faith in this. And it's nice to have that sort of reliability, and I can sort of sense that's kind of what you guys are talking about here. Yeah. It probably makes things easier on a yeah. day-to-day basis. That worked out well at Celtic, too, for years. Yeah. Fell into a nice, nice, easy routine. So you guys added the TVs, huh? Put the TVs in? Uh, you know, they're bigger than I anticipated. <laughs> yeah. I got to be honest with you. Um, he texted me one day, right? And we still, there's like, I... There's no ceiling, no nothing. It's like, T, I think we need more TV. Like, yeah, yeah do what you ever do. I was like, so, you the truck? <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, with the te- our technical guy does the cameras and all that, right? So I meet him, and I'm like, I said, well, you know, we just want to keep it minimal, but we want to have, you know, we want the, the business channel on for the people who come in from, to, you know, from across the street who are interested in that, you know, whatever. We want information, people for information, also, it is still, you know, a sports-driven society in right. a lot of ways. Correct. People want to come in. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to turn away whatever fan, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't have the game on. Whether they say it or not, but, people feel like, hey, you put on sports center. Like, yeah. Hey, I wanna, whether, you know, whether you're wearing a suit and tie or not, you're like, hey, yeah. I want to see what's going on with. Yeah. I know what so, you mean. Yeah. I'm, without calling it a, you know, saying, oh, it's a sports bar. Like, I just want to see what's going on. There was a bar in Brooklyn I used to go to all the time. It was called The Levy. It was the most hipster bar that's ever existed. Like just like Bold metal statement. Like metal in the jukebox. It was all there was, and no matter what you played, the bartenders would look at you like, ugh. Why'd you no matter it? what, it's it like was. you stocked this jukebox. It's yeah. not a it's their personal record. You, like, you guys chose it. The least offensive thing I could find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you don't like it. But uh, I need some music, guy. Yeah, it's something. Um, they, they put like Twizzlers and cheese balls in the bar, and then even then they still had like the TV because there'd always be that guy because it's New York. Was like put the Yankee game. Put on. the Yankee game on. Yeah, yeah. So. We go up there, and I have this plan in mind of, you know, keeping it minimal. And he goes, wow, what a deal on these. Then, the, you know, the Cornhill kid comes out of me like, well, why would I only buy a 32-inch TV when I can get a 55-inch TV for the same price? Can I say that, like, so, TVs got way less expensive than they yeah, were. Uh, there was, I mean, it's amazing yeah, now, less, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it, like, you see the blades of grass when you're watching. That's wild. You know, so it, it looks just, like something out of Goodfellas. It's like, what am I going to do with fur coats? Tom? Yeah. Put them on the walls for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Put them up. So, so, so we load these in his truck and he gets them in. I walk in. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> they're humongous. They luckily <laughs> fit through the door, right? Yeah. I mean, because when you look at them, you know, in the store there's a million of them. You're in a like, warehouse. Oh, it's just not, not that big. It's not that big. I'm in BJ's. You know, we went to BJ's. I'm like, warehouse it's is a huge. Plane hanger. You get in this, you know, little tavern, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god. But they're up and they're going to stay they're up staying up because, there <laughs> because I don't think they're going to take them back. And, uh, you know, so if I had one thing, there's always something you're like, oh, I wish I could change that, is uh, the TVs would be smaller. Maybe we'd have less of them. But on the flip side, 
Who knows? Know, in right? ten years, in ten years, those might look small compared to what everybody else is going on. Who because knows? In ten years, they're all going to be holograms. You can just jet yeah, yeah, them yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah everybody will have you know <laughs> helmets on and watching their own thing, living in their own world, and it's coming, dude. I'm horrified of it. Uh, <laughs> quickly too. Let me ask you this question: You guys are doing. Uh, I saw your lunch menu. Uh, looks very good. A lot of delicious sandwiches uh, that Katie were talking about. You guys doing the uh, fried bologna sandwich, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, you're also doing brunch, though. Why would you guys decide to do the brunch thing as well? Because like, Tim does want a day off. Yeah. <laughs> don't want a day off. Huh? Tim like, does no, want a day off. Daniel's ready to kill me as it is. <laughs> I was gonna, it's, it's a big ass, I, brunches. Yeah. Can I tell you? Go on. You, no, I was like, I'm like, listen, you know, you, you got to understand, you're open seven days now here, you know. I mean, we started out the harp that way, and now Mondays were closed for a lot yeah. of different reasons. A, you need a day where if something's got to be painted or repaired, yeah, Etc. Exactly. You can have a tradesman come in. He can do his thing without, without you know, disrupting anybody. And uh, on the flip side, what I came to realize as well is, wow, it's a day you can decompress. You're really, you're still doing work-related things, but there's no one calling you saying, oh, I need this done or this Nobody's done. Or, yelling, we have no an issue time. with this or that. You know, it's like a day where you're just like, ah. It, so right now there is no day like that. But with his background in the kitchen and you know, you know, you come to realize people in the in the in the industry, I'm I'm more of the bar guy, where he's more of the food guy. Mm. He's very good at the bar. He's a phenomenal bartender, but he's really into food, and it's it's more of an art when you find someone who um, has been trained. You know, I mean, he said he went right from school to work. Well, he went right to school into mm. culinary school, and some of the place in a lot of the places he worked, he picked up this, this, and this. So Sunday is something that is his way of expressing, you know, here's what I've learned over these years. Here's my masterpiece for food for you. So I back that, that with good. him, but I understand on Monday morning, if we're still open yeah. at 11, Tim, you, you are you going to rest? I don't want to do brunch. I hate the idea of doing it. The idea of getting up to cook breakfast chills yeah. me to the bone, but it's not really breakfast. So it's important that people understand, hey, can I have bacon and eggs? Like, yeah, you take me and you, we're going to the broken egg, and I'll buy all the bacon and eggs you want, but we're not cooking them here. Right, right. Type yeah. deal. It's more hair of the dog. Well, like brunch and like Bloody like Marys and stuff? Bloody Marys, oh, croissants, uh, sausage, cookie biscuits, that sort nice. of thing. It was, it was a lot of requests. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. what we're getting at. The fir- he was getting a lot of requests. Tim, are you going to do brunch? Because, you know. the first question? Like, to be honest with you, I mean, because Nail does a phenomenal job. Yeah, but it's very hard to get in there. It's very hard to sit. Yeah. And people are, you know, like, wow, if we get there, we can't get in. Where are we going to go? That's always so, a lot of times. Um, well, you guys have always done really excellent food at the Harp. Like, oh, I don't know if you guys would do a brunch, but all your food food, dinner food was excellent yeah. when I've been there. So those hog wings. Expectations are something. You. If you go in just expecting, yeah. like with, with Devro or with Harp, mm. I'm just getting pub food. And it's anything beyond that. Like, this is fantastic. Yeah. I pay $60 a plate at, you know, like, Dirty Snow or something. Mm. If it didn't cure... You know, <laughs> the thing I had, like, this was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, boys, let me ask you this uh, before we get into the lightning round. Uh, two things. You sort of casually mentioned it. Uh, I know that when Tim was at the Dev, uh, Tim Tram, it was, music was a big part of it. Are you guys going to make music a thing, or is it not a huge push um, initially? I think as we transition, it would be, it's going to be minimal as far Middle, as, like, yeah. it would be an acoustic, a, a very adult experience. Um, we're not going to see a trailer pull up and, you know, the six at Wembley looks yeah, like yeah, right. oh, where are you going with all that? Six roadies rolling out speakers. Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's going to be something that, um, low key. Yeah. something like if, you know, you're going to be able to hear each other. Right. Yeah. I hate when you go you're going to have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. 
should get a piano, piano player. Old school, that'd be the way to do Carry it. Carry his own piano. Carry his own piano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the play at Grimaldi's for? Frank Canistra. Yes. But Frank. I used to yeah. look forward to that. Funny story. Frank Canistra. See that, that board right there? Mm-hmm. He gave me that. No kidding. Uh, Frank Canistra. That's for a small world. Frank Canistra is my dad's best friend. And I used to sing with Frank when I was a younger kid when I would go out and sing. No yeah, I used to sing the song Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana. Mm-hmm. And then a couple times I was not on Encore, I would do Sinatra. And it was funny. I love Encore. I'm a big Sinatra fan. Well, it's funny because I was like, see, I'm younger. I'm like a punk rocker kid. kid. I had like the high socks and the punk rocker t-shirt and I go <laughs> in there looking like an on. asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there, I'd do like a really spot on Sinatra and all these little folks like, what? What the hell who is this? Yeah. Who is this? What's kid? wrong with you, you weirdo? Um, <laughs> so, but, yeah, Frank, he's a great friend of mine. Uh, and I guess my question, my wraparound question is this. You guys obviously, why did you feel it was important to sort of make this its own thing? Like, you, you obviously want, had a vision for this. Like, was what was important to you about making this something that you could feel proud about? Oh, well, I mean, I don't answer for both of us. So we're going to, if you're going to do something, you better do it right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's an old school blue collar way you know I was raised I hate having a duck out of like let's say well, I've worked at places you're like hey where do you work you kind of mumble like, right yeah, yeah. you come out of the kitchen even if we're serving fried bologna which I don't even care for but we're, we're not in business to make you know make us happy well yeah I want to serve steak Diane all day long like, yeah, yeah. oh it's not what we're selling people are asking you for fried bologna sell it you can walk out with your head high and you're proud of what's going out you know it's clean it looks nice you put yourself into it very happy about it uh Boys, do you know the website off the top of your head before we get into the lightning round so people can check out? Stick with the Facebook page for the time being. Mm-hmm. Facebook? Yep. Very good. On purpose, we've been slowly getting out of the gate. People, hey, you need this, this, and And we will, but okay. to get the ship going in the right direction, we've started purposely on the Wonderful. slower side. So I'll, uh, I'll link all the Facebook stuff for all the listeners in our... Um and all the listings, so that's good. There's about 80 of them floating around out there from <laughs> decades past. It's John yeah. Devro's Tavern. Yes. When, like, he owns it. Am I not allowed to call the Dev anymore? It's funny a good question. That. Well, yeah, let's, 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 right. I mean, because <laughs> this is going back to the roots of it. And we don't want to call it that. We've talked about it. Right now, Tom had many, many good memories about it. My age group and generation, we were like, you want to go to the dev? Like, ah, nothing against the dev, but mm. it's not where I hung out. Sure. So I had that, and I was like, you know, we should call it something else. And we both agreed. Mm. We can come up with anything. We had great names. You can call it $300 bills. Hey, where is that place? Charlotte Devro. Yeah. Oh, it's the Devro. Yeah, exactly. Where are you going? Such and such. The Stone House. Uh, where? Where? Yeah. The Dev. We're going to brick, oh, and, yeah. we're going to brick and mortar. It's the old Dev row. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, Call it whatever you want. You know, not to graph it back up, that's what happened with Captain Trips, right? They changed yeah. the name. Like, now we're calling it Amnesia. What's that? It's yeah. Captain it's Trips. Go, Cap- back, go back to Captain Yeah, no yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. So it tied in with the historical purposes. Sure. And you can still call it pretty much whatever you want to. You know, and, and the thing is, when you look at, when, when you're, you know, you kind of research you go into the building and stuff. You do the research. You find out that Chuck Devereaux is a pretty cool guy. Oh, yeah. You see his you picture know. on the door? He definitely yeah, yeah. killed people. You oh, look at that know. guy, that was a nasty guy. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you come over here and you're the first mayor of Utica. You and your brother start, you know. Savings Bank. Savings Bank of Utica. Bank, uh, you know. So, as you research the guy, you're like, yeah, you know. We'll go with that. We'll that go works. with this yeah. guy. Yeah. Absolutely. He strikes me as uh What's the guy? Tom Hardy from Taboo. Like that's yeah. the same oh, yeah, time frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, <laughs> that's not a dude you want to cross. Yeah, I'm a history field. major. I have to do some deep diving. So in I mean, I you know, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, very cool. Yeah, exactly. If they're naming streets after you, got to be pretty good guy. There's so, a reason uh, for it. You know that it just kind of like listen. They're gonna call it Dev anyways. We had Dev or Dev. Sitting in Swifties, we had that realization. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're sitting there and they're like, well, let's just roll with it. 
we'll, we'll, we'll just you know we'll change it a little bit so that we identify ourselves. But and, and one of the cool things Tim just fought. Can't wait to put it up. Actually, we'll show you the picture in a little bit. Is this old neon? Oh yeah. Of the Devro. It says the It's got to be circa 1978 type deal, 82 yeah, something like that. A piece of cool old neon. It looks like Dirk Diggler. <laughs> like when he shows yeah. when he shows the Colonel what his name yeah. looks like. That's what this yeah, neon yeah. looks like. I love it. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not a rated like, movie, by the way. So yeah, it, it's a really cool. It, it's it's an old school piece of Unicate artistic history. neon. Uh, you know, it was handmade. You could tell it's it. not like one of the ones you'll see in the window. Uh, you know, uh, any other bar, yeah. thousand times. You know, this somebody this ordered scratch. this, and it was yeah, it was exactly made from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, boys, listen, continued success. I'm I'm looking forward to coming down and taking a look at the place, getting some lunch. Uh, before I let you guys go, it is that time where we ask lightning round questions. And since there are two of you, I'm going to do this in serpentine-style fashion. So back and forth and back and forth. And let's start. Uh, Tim, let's start with you for this one. These are the same six or so questions we ask everybody who's been on the show for 40 or 50 episodes. Uh, first question is, Tim, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Strong with cream and sugar. Cream and sugar. Very good. You never, you never broke into the black coffee game? Not just yet. I'm I am. starting to toy with it, but not yet. Tom, same question for you. Cream, cream, cream only. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I should have gotten into black coffee by now. A lot of my friends just drink straight black, but I like, a, I don't know, I like a hot chocolate coffee milkshake in the morning. I can't help it. I'm, whatever gets you going, <laughs> that's whatever you got to do. Whatever gets you out the door. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what was your first automobile? My first automobile? Yeah. Oh, it was oh, sweet. <laughs> it was an Oldsmobile <laughs> Cutlass. Yeah. V8, four-barrel, yes. I think it was Cutlass Supreme or Cutlass? Cutlass Supreme. Cutlass I'm Supreme. sorry, it's Supreme. You're not gonna. You're not gonna believe. I had a Cutlass Sierra right when I went, before I went down to Brooklyn, and it nice. died when I got to New York. I scrapped oh, it for 120 bucks. The minute you crossed the great car, though. I knew you were loved there. It. Just I loved it. it. That thing was phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely. Timmy, uh, might be a different uh, car bracket. But what was your first automobile? I paid two hundred dollars cash money for a 1988 Chrysler New Yorker. Nice. The speedometer nice. topped out at 80. <laughs> dash rattled at 55, but we put eight people in it going to lunch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you made. Oh, I was just going to say. I, I mean, most of you kids, you you know, you could only have the car for one year because once the inspection came up, oh, yeah. there was a, was a pass on the car. The bungee cord hanging there, the bumper on. Like, guy, what are you doing? With this you thing? know, yeah. yeah, you know. I was a notorious car accident guy. I've lost a lot of crummy cars oh, over the years. Yeah. None of them. All, none of them. Well, one was my fault. None of them. The other ones after that. Of course that. not. Poor bad luck. No, nah. no. <laughs> you may or may not have taken this car to see it, but what was your first live music event? First live music event. I just graduated high school. A bunch of us got into a van and drove down to Giant Stadium to see Metallica headline. Ooh. Rock the Bells? Rock the Bells. Rock wow. the Bells. There was already a killer ticket on top of that. Interesting, yes. And they just jumped. I think Slayer was the headline yeah. on top Rock of that. Rock the Bells was a big deal for a long time. There was 60,000 yeah. people. It was unbelievable. They just, three hours straight, these guys killed it. Oh, yeah. They're legends. I'm oh, sure they got there killing it. God almighty, it was unbelievable. And then see, when they break... I guess we get to a certain point, right? Sing a couple of riffs, and then 60,000 people sing your own music back to you That's without missing a beat. Can you imagine what that feels like? So yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tom, same question for you. First, live music event. Um, I was in grammar school, mm. and a uh, buddy of mine down the street, his parents were taking, took us and his sister and her girlfriend all to the auditorium. And i got to be brutally honest with you. It was, uh, it was a cool event. Who was there? Um. 
Not Elvis, I hope. No, 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 God, yeah. no, no, no. My cousin had tickets, though. She, t- she says that all the time in the, the anniversary. Everybody had tickets to it, yeah. Everybody. I had yeah, yeah, tickets yeah. to Elvis at the odd. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Um, I think it was like, um, it was like, it was a 70s uh, thing where all three guys were from the 70s. Oh, okay. I, I know, um, actually, oh, you know what the headliner was? Was England Dan and John Ford Coley. And there was a guy who sang uh, I Go Crazy. He was there. And then there was another guy who opened up, and they were all like '70s stars, mm-hmm. and they, mm-hmm. they right. took us like a stars of the '70s collective type thing. Right. Like all yeah, three yeah, of them, all three right. acts, and it was like, like Barry Manilow. Or you know, not Barry Manilow. What's the guys from Barry Gibb? Like Barry Gibb. Gibb. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, all. Yeah. Yeah. When you say this was, '70s, this was all like usually like mostly like a car guitar, mm. you know, just mm. like laid back, you know, dudes really say, doing Woodstock kind of yeah. thing, and uh, went just like to go. I mean, they were like. Yeah, sure, he was I'll like, hey, right, yeah. you want to go with us? We're going to this concert. I'm like, I don't know. That's my parents. I don't know. In the first question, you know, you live in, you're a Corn Hill kid. It's not like, yeah, you can go. It's like, how much? How much is this? What's going to cost? And I don't remember what it cost, but it couldn't have been too much. Because I got to go. Because you won. Because I got to go. But my first major concert was you uh, 2 at the Dome. Nice. nice. So, that must be quite the show. Yeah, I went to, uh, yeah, I went to, I went and saw him at Buffalo and then nice. drove home and saw him in Syracuse, so that was cool. We'll stay on you for this last question here. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Um, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm Steelers reading, fan. I'm reading nice. Dan Rooney's uh, book. Interesting. Yes, I'm a book. I, I enjoy reading. Mm. Uh, old school. You nice. know, it's not on a tablet. It's actual paper. Uh, dude, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have a Uticast uh, library here in our yeah. studios. We, we're... We do not have any digital books. I'll put yeah. it that way. I like, sure. I like putting yeah. the bookmark in, you know, folding nice. page if I have to. Visible. Yes. It's, like it's, yes. it's in your grasp. You can feel it. How's that for yes. what the people want? No matter how hard they push that down the general public, yeah. people said, no, I'm, reading, I'm staying with the books. Books, man, it's uh, nice. It's like a piece of art almost. It's like a vinyl record in a way. You know, let's go with the vinyl record because you, you, you asked me that question. Um, my, my girlfriend has a collection of vinyl. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, uh, you know, so the record thing would be something that uh, recently she oh, had playing Led Zeppelin. No, she she found a not like it's like a jock chance, but it's like of seventies music, and there was uh, a host of oh, yeah. different artists that you're like, and it's still real. Music. I've heard this on the it's radio, them, but I forgot. It's them just belting it out, you know. And it was uh, so it's really cool to put the old vinyl on sometimes. Tell you same question for you: book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Aside from Goodfellas being on a constant loop Constantly. somewhere in my house, oh, no matter what time. <laughs> are we watching this again? It comes out of the Godfather. Everything oh, stops. Everything. Yeah, just, yeah, I'm not gonna make it. Babe, I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I gonna ruin your day if I tell you that I like Casino better than Goodfellas? No, no, because I slowly after so, a while at the harp, I felt like I was turning into yeah. uh, Ace Rothstein. Yeah, I just had the, like the dead look with the blueberries. Like, do you see uh, this? Do you, why does his glass have more ice? Uh, oh man! Uh, 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 going back to television, I mean, if if you don't watch Always Sunny, oh, go that's go jam. Danny DeVito but just shameless, took that over the top. Shameless, I'm like you know, I'm like. Shameless, that's too close to home. I can't watch Shameless. Then uh, my girl I, loves it. I'm like, oh, I, 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 just, I, I, <laughs> I can't watch this. I think it's hilarious. I can't yeah. wait. Shameless is interesting because I I used to pirate it back in the day illegally on the internet when it was on Showtime. Kaza. And then I stopped. Yeah, yeah, like Lime, <laughs> like Limewire, weird stuff like that. And uh, so I watched it when it was first on, 
And then apparently it must have just gone on like Netflix or somewhere where a lot of people are watching it. Because I've noticed around. like a resurgence of people like oh, yeah. being on it now. And I, I'm it's I love the first couple seasons of it. So I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like it's a great show. So it must have be accessible now more than it used to be. You see that with a lot of stuff that hits yeah. Netflix and it becomes trending again. And boys, before I let you guys go, uh, I'll let you guys think about this one together as a second. Give me one more thing that you, Tim Starziak, and you, Tom Powers, are passionate about. Can I say it on the radio show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything here. Um, I still coach. Still you know, coach. coming up as a social worker and working mm-hmm. with kids, majority of my life, um, I still coach. I'm, I'm passionate about teaching and in, in, in working Wonderful. with the kids, um, because I'm paying it forward. You know, I had a lot of good coaches and mentors and. Right. In my life, so I'm hoping that I can return the favor. So, Tim, I don't know if this falls into the parameters of the question, but I guess be passionate about getting these off the ground, being being successful, not to the point where like I don't need to drive a Lamborghini or something like that. But I don't, I don't want to scrape by my entire life. Yeah, you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. because most restaurant people can be successful. I think a lot of, I say restaurant people, but anybody in a situation in life can relate to that. You know, you go from one job and you work the next job and you're still poor. You want to like, what the Christ is going on? You want to feel like the results are going somewhere. Yeah, and that's yeah. what's satisfying about yeah. this. From yeah. the last couple of years of Celtic to this, mm. it's very satisfying mm. to see this all going towards yeah. something. Yeah, it's tough. To, it's nice to get an attaboy and, now and then, but attaboys don't pay the bills. You know, you know, and and we, we, we talk a little bit about that is that coming from like my son's going to have opportunities that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Coming from. Utica background. I mean, I used to wash dishes at Lillian's after hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's huge. Just a basin. Three <laughs> basin sink. And, you know, I'd go with my hands would be sore, dishpan hands. I'd look out the, the, the back. It feels like somebody stamped you in the and, back. And these two drunks would be fighting outside. You know what I mean? I'd be like, you know, here I am in high school, and this is like, my what the hell's this going is on my here? weekend job. I can't do this till and, I'm, you know, 80. You know, I come in at 11 at night, get out five, six in the morning, done cleaning. And so it's kind of like it, you go through every step to get to where you are. So you kind of, you understand what they're doing, you know, people who work for you, what they're doing. And you understand and appreciate what they're doing. On the flip side, going back to the casino thing, sometimes you're like, okay, what made you think that why this was Why did you think this was going to be? Why did you look at scenario X and think that that was going to be acceptable? You know, how did you, and, and who told you, you know, as we were going through the process of training, who actually ever taught you how to do Out it curiosity, you're this not gonna, way? Between me and you, where yeah. did you pick that up from <laughs> so I can weed that who, out? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like sometimes you're like, you, you get it, but, you know, you understand how hard it is and you... you you want to, you know, you give them as much support as you can, and you you take care of them in a lot of different ways. And then sometimes you're like the, the guy who, well, either you were in on it or you're too oh, yeah, stupid to stop maybe it. Maybe something either further way. on down the trough. Listen, <laughs> right. I'm sorry to say, but either he was in on it or he's too stupid to see. Either way, he can't be working here. <laughs> you're out. Yeah, you know. So had to go put his pants on and sit behind the desk without any pants. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you kind of you kind of want to help, and in, 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 in you lead people, and, and you want them to uh, have it have. A similar experience yourself where you learn along the way and you appreciate every aspect of it. And then once in a while you run into somebody who's just... And at some point you got to say, you're like, look, man, it's either me or you going out of the boat. Yeah. This is my boat, so you're <laughs> yeah. going. I'm sorry to tell yeah. you. So well, you got to go, buddy. It's, uh, you know, that's part of it. The, the, the great part of the business is, and I don't know how I go find this tangent because we just got talking about it. But the great part of business is that we've brought some people over who um, excelled at the harp. And they put in their time. They learn the system. You know, almost like with a superior court judge. 
you've already got the six or seven people that are there, and you're not going to take over those shares. It's just they're, they've earned those spots, and they, they're there. There's only so much more you can do. This was a nice outlet for the people that really stuck with it. They learned. They, the one kid that, that's helping run the dev right now came and he had one direction. It was backwards. He didn't know which way was up. I would watch Ancient Aliens at 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, I'm done helping you. You have to move faster. <laughs> and now the kid dropped 20 pounds. He dresses all slick. You know, he shops at David Tulo all the time. He's, he's ready to go. Boys, in seven days a week? Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Until I dropped dead. Seven, <laughs> seven days a week, yeah. We're, you know, our focus is, um, you know, putting out a, a great lunch, uh, having a really nice happy hour, and having an, a, a, an adult evening after that. A civil, um, non-Ragnarok-style evening out. Yes. Tom, David, it's an absolute oh, pleasure to have you guys on the show. Best of luck. Yeah, it's nice to put names and faces together. It is. My yeah. whole life is just putting names and faces together. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Again, thank you, Tim Starziak, Tom Powers, uh, John Devro Tavern. Uh, actually, I told him I'm going to go down. Have you been down to the new location? Uh, yet? I have been down a couple times. I went down. They had a soft uh, friends and family soft open. I went down, and then I went to bring them um, some stuff from the archives to hang on the wall. And I went and got to try some of the food and stuff like that. So I've been down a couple times. How's the food? Um, and I'll be back. It's excellent. Yeah, it's really, really good. Everything is very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a good way. Like, that's a good thing. A lot of times you'll see people trying to open locations where they're trying to do too much, trying to get too fancy. Right. And this place is just very simple stuff, you know, sandwiches and things like that with excellent ingredients, which really, really makes the difference. Mm. Um, all that Utica bread they're using works. <laughs> makes a difference. Works. I'm interested to go down there for their brunch. Their brunch looks very oh, interesting, brunch, too. Though. Yeah, they do brunch. Yeah. And it's all, like, simpler mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? Like, nice. really sort of stripped down and refined, like, old school and... You know, I think I think they're gonna do very well over there. Yeah, I hope so because I love that location. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, we were you you folks just heard us talk about it for forty minutes. But that location, it, you know, it's it has a very interesting character, and I'm glad that somebody is making it work down there. So mm-hmm. good for them. Uh, nice guys. Let's move on to history lessons. I'm gonna try and move faster through these than normal this week. Okay? This man has has ninety five paragraphs highlighted. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I'm trying. Uh, no, no, I've, tr- I've tried to highlight less, I promise. Uh, so, um, you know how we sometimes, like, okay, I know we get, like, caught up in moments where we get, like, frustrated about our times or, like, the end times, right, like, the worst times, mm-hmm. but for a long time, uh, this gentleman, Franklin Pierce, was considered America's worst president uh, that was before Donald Trump said, hold my beer while I sexually assault somebody. Uh, but on this day, November 23rd, 1804, Franklin Pierce, America's 14th president, was born in Hillsborough, New Hampshire. Um, while he did uh, facilitate the acquisition of Arizona and New Mexico, or at least the states that make them up, through the Gadsden Purchase, he is best remembered for his endorsement of the Kansas-Nebraska Act in 1859. Uh, which allowed the new territories of Kansas and Nebraska to decide for themselves whether they should allow slavery or outlaw the practice. Uh, 
foreshadowing the brutal civil war that was soon to come, territories erupted into sectarian violence, uh, 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 sectarian violence uh, after the act's passing. Um, failure to stem the fighting uh, and his involvement in the Ostend Manifesto, a secret plan to start a war with Spain in order to access uh, annex Cuba, which seems like they should have made a movie about it, uh, proved to be his undoing. He was not... Uh, he ref- his Democratic Party refused to renominate him for president in 1856, uh, going with the slogan, anybody but Pierce, which is very on the nose. And uh, I think we should remember that for 2020. I'm just throwing that out there. Like, I really think there's going to be an anybody but Trump campaign, yes. right? Like, is that is that <laughs> Start surreal? It it's the joke every four years, but I think people will probably mean it more this year. Than mm-hmm. <laughs> he did have one uh, quote that I thought was not charming necessarily, but it was uh, it was quotable. Upon leaving office in 1857, Pierce was asked what he would do next. He allegedly replied, "There's nothing left to do but get drunk." Uh, <laughs> The effects of alcoholism led to his death in 1869 <laughs> at the age of 65. Um, so this next one's going to be about Western outlaws. Do you guys know any Western outlaws? By I want to see if you guys guess who it's going to be about. There's only so many that you could possibly talk about. Nobody? No Western outlaws. You don't know anybody. Well, Jesse James or whatever. Well, there's one, right? That's the popular Jesse one. Jesse James, Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. Mean Man from Deadwood. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. What about Billy the Kid? You know about Billy yeah, the Billy Kid? Yeah, Billy the Kid. Yeah. Uh, infamous Western outlaw Billy the Kid was born on this day, November 23rd, 1859, in a poor Irish neighborhood in New York City's east side, which I had to read twice because it doesn't seem where you would, doesn't seem where a Western outlaw would uh, originate from. Uh, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I care enough about Billy the Kid. This is just a story that was out here today. I don't care much for cowboys. Or westerns, especially in this day and age. I like old westerns, but I don't really care about Billy the Kid. I guess I feel bad about pulling this Bye new story. Billy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm Any, so Billy. I'll say. Any throw th- that paper. <laughs> throw that. Don't let your let your conscience be free. Just throw that paper. <laughs> Throw that paper. <laughs> so who's who's paying for these highlighters? These taxpayer dollars you get no, from I school? Paid, no, these are okay. uh, these are facilitated by by uh, outlaw lifestyle uh-huh. you don't know about. Sammy the kid. They call Sammy me the when I'm around. Be an outlaw for about five minutes. You would. I would trip over something and get fall into the bank. Be vault apologizing and, for doing robberies. I'm so sorry about this. I just can't pay for anything. It's America. I blame. Like, just picture you going in and robbing a bank teller and has to fill the bag with cash. You're just like, saw you doing today. <laughs> Everything else going okay for you? Listen, I don't. I'm sorry about this. I didn't. It's just that it's just the economy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You understand, right? Yeah, you you know how you understand. Just a different world now. All right. Um, so on this date, November 22nd, 1963, uh, we've talked about it a billion times, so I'm going to take a different angle. Uh, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Um, this has been getting a lot of talk, though, because there's been a lot of, like, people have been releasing the assassination records. They've been coming out in leaks for the last couple months here now. Oh, not leaks. They just put them out. Well, yeah, well, not mm-hmm. leaks. I mean, like, they've been released. dripping them. Yeah, they've been releasing them. Uh, last Friday, the National Archive released 10,744 uh, FBI records, some of which never been disclosed, uh, relating to the assassination of President Kennedy. Have you dug in through any of this stuff? There's like a lot of it. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Mm. Have you, I have not. It's not, I don't know. It seems like a lot to dig into. Like, I don't know what it's going to show I'm just waiting me. for like the highlights of... <laughs> yeah, is there like a highlight sheet? So I can like... Cliff notes of it. <laughs> uh, this is the fifth release of Kennedy assassination, uh, assassination records so far this year. 
Uh, only a total of 144 of the records that were released in the last one are being released for the first time, though. Um, why they do this all relates back to a law that President George W. Bush signed in October 1992, uh, requiring all uh, records related to, assassin to the assassination to be released within 25 years unless the president says doing so would harm intelligence, law enforcement, or military operations uh, and foreign relations. And Trump was actually pretty on board. He was just—he said uh, initially last month that he'd had no choice uh, but to to agree to release all this stuff. Uh, however, since then they've sort of stepped back on that, uh, directing agencies to again review each of these things to make sure uh, that there are no the, the people who are actually in charge. Like N you, no, 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 you can't say that. You can't do that. Uh, government agencies actually have until March of next year to tell the National Archives uh, why any part of any records left have been redacted. So I guess m that's the actual ending of this. And then we'll get our think pieces about it, right? Mm -hmm. we'll get our, what did we learn from all these releases? Uh, as my teacher in social studies, Mr. Rachi said, probably nothing. Nothing we didn't know already. So, but at least we'll get the think pieces. We will get the so think I'm pieces. Then we'll know what to think. Uh, let's move on to something a little more fun. Uh, music. On this, uh, this day, November 22nd, 1975... Casey and the Sunshine Band topped the U.S. pop charts with That's the Way I Like It. You know that song? Uh-huh. Of course. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, <laughs> this is their breakthroughs. Uh, with their breakthrough single, which is called Get Down Tonight, which is another song. You know that one I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Get Down Tonight. That's a good one, yeah. I got it. Um, uh, while their breakout single implored listeners to do a little dance and make a little love, uh, they mined very much the same territory with their driving dance beats and their declaration, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh. Which I actually only remember from, like, was it Dr. or Diet Pepsi commercial? It was everywhere. Oh, yeah. It was everywhere, yeah. right? License and everything. Mm. Um, go ahead. Uh, as, well, the lyrics are technically considered to be risque for 1975, but... Uh, By how far we've come. <laughs> but again, like, this was smart pop music back in the day. It was presented in, like, an exuberant way. Like, if you say something that's kind of suggestive in, like, a fun, dancey way, you could get around it. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, but it does seem a little soft in hindsight, right? So I have a question for you guys. I've given you two of them. That's the way I like it, and Get Down Tonight. Casey and the Sunshine Band had three other songs that went to number one on the pop charts. I actually know one of these. Can you, <laughs> can you name any of them? No, you probably you know all of them. You just won't remember which one is who, because that's how there's a lot of these songs in this area. Like, it's one of, like, they three or four bands. Uh, they do Celebrate Good Times. Is that them? No, that would be. <laughs> they do, maybe they do, but that's not one of the ones. That's my aunt's favorite song. She likes it, and she always requests it at like weddings. Uh, Sounds kind of a banger. If you guys can well, listen to it, like it's got all the different riffs. Like, I can't get it. I I can't. I don't know. I'll what give you. Tell us. I'll give you a couple. Well, they it was not a number one, but you ever heard the song Boogie Shoes? That was them. That was a big hit for them. Boogie Shoes. That's a good one. Yeah. How about Shake Your Booty? Shake, shake, shake. Shake, 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 shake your booty. Yeah, that one. And then also something called I'm Your Boogeyman. I'm Your Boogeyman. Boogeyman. I'm the Boogeyman. That's one. Turn me on. Yeah, so there you go. That's one. That's and then one I never heard a couple years later called Please Don't Go, which I'm going to assume is like when the Beach Boys had that hit with Kokomo that was like way later and didn't sound like anything else because I've never heard of that one. Nope. Done. Kokomo's not a banger, by the I way. Like oh, Kokomo's awful like song. Yo, Kokomo's one of the worst songs I loved it when I was a kid. I loved that so song. So dumb. Did you like it because the Muppets had a video where they sang no, Kokomo? No, it was in the movie Cocktail. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't do it for you. Uh, and last but not least, on this day, 
Uh, November 23rd, 1990, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory creator Raul Dahl passed away. Uh, only sad because I loved Raul Dahl, like one of my all-time favorite authors growing up. Uh, did you know that besides writing many classic children's books like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach, he also uh, wrote a bunch of TV and movie screenplays, including the James Bond film You Only Live Twice and the Disney classic Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So there you go. Was he a really good guy or a really bad guy? Raval? He's one or the other, like in their personal life and on the side. There's either something really awful about him or like really heartwarmingly, surprisingly good. Why? Well, this right. I can't remember. It's one of the two, though. I'm not wrong. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, well, it does. It says here in this write up that he, uh, during World War II, he was a fighter pilot in the Royal Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all it really says. Um,. He also wrote the screenplay for the big screen adaptation of the of his book, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, that Gene Wilder was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and although the movie was generally positively received, it was a big disappointment. And he was critical of the film and opted not to sell them the rights to make the sequel, which they did want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also married to actress Patricia Neal, who won an Academy Award for Best Actress for the movie HUD in 1963. HUD. Yeah, HUD. HUD. never seen HUD. Uh, so that's it. I used to buy raw doll books for my nieces and nephews, and they liked them. I hope he's I hope he's not a creep. Is he going to be like one of these? I don't I don't know if he's going to be a creep. I feel like mm, I don't know. I got to look now because I'm really not sure. <laughs> I don't think it was like something like creepy. Well, I hope not because he's one of my favorites. Um, all right, Heather, you sent me a, a Thanksgiving. No, I pulled it up. You don't have okay. to pull it up. Uh, <laughs> you sent me a Thanksgiving list because you like yeah. to send me lots of uh, I mean, content. I appreciate I do. it. You, no, I'm I do. thinking of you all the time. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> uh, you sent me a list of seven foods, uh, seven wacky foods, this is the descriptor they chose, uh, that so people close. eat for Thanksgiving dinner. And we're going to run through some of them. Kev, yeah, you might have actually seen some of these as well, because I don't feel like these are that wacky. No. Number seven, sweet potato casserole. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is that, that is not wacky, that's delicious. No. It's sweet potatoes and marshmallows. That's the gross. marshmallows, that's which disgusting. we learned about earlier, is that is disgusting. That's, that's disgusting. <laughs> Putting marshmallows on sweet is potatoes. It, is it too much? I don't. Nasty. <laughs> my aunt did one yesterday with brown sugar and pecans, and I've that was actually that. very yeah, that was good. excellent. Yeah. Right. Uh, number six, uh, tofurkey, which is the tofu turkey for vegans, right? That's a real thing. It's like a log of. Kill a life, uh, vegans. I'm not gonna. My husband was vegan for like ten years. How'd that work for you? What was before me? Oh, <laughs> did you convert him back I over? Did. did you tell him you can't get married unless like, you? You have to eat meat. That's strong. And he eats meat. <laughs> what was the first? Do you... All right, so this is a good question. What was the first thing you he ate? A when bison he went... burger. A bison burger. Yeah, I made. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's the first thing. I've read that uh, most commonly the first thing that vegetarians or vegans eat in terms of meat is bacon. It's like more often than not, bacon is the thing that breaks them away from. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna knock tofurkey because hey, if you're vegan. I guess you gotta eat something for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Vegetarian. So there you go. Number five, Jones's turkey and gravy soda. Uh, I've never what? Gross. <laughs> gross. Number four, pumpkin pie pop tarts, which apparently are out this year, which I'm sure are probably fine. I don't see why that's wacky. I don't know why you show up with a box of Pop-Tarts. I don't think that's really Thanksgiving food. You come to my house with a box of Pop-Tarts and I get a plate. Uh, all right, so number three, uh, tipsy turkey. This is apparently some sort of, like, uh, turkey that you use to make, use beer to make the turkeys. You like, two six-packs and you can get drunk. Like a rum ham. Like a beer turkey you can make. You get drunk in turkey. It soaks in beer. It soaks in all the booze. A bunch of tryhards. Uh, number two. 
Uh, turkey cake. You ever heard of this? Oh. It's a cake that's made of all... It's like a layered Thanksgiving dinner. So they'll use like the ground turkey and then layer it with mashed potatoes <laughs> and then cover it with squash. It looks like, like a cake. It's very gross. Again, a little bad radio. It's but wait, does it have cake in no, it? No. It's, no, it's, it's just, just shaped like a cake. Shaped like a oh, cake. it's probably amazing. <laughs> it's it's like, all the Thanksgiving every, stuff in, in a pot. Yeah, it's probably excellent. It's sliced for everybody. All right, and then uh, number one, which apparently is something that people eat in Utah and Colorado, it's called <clears throat> frog-eyed salad. What do you, you ever heard of frog-eyed salad? I saw the picture when I sent it to you, but is it like fruit and Cool Whip or something? I like thought that? it was ambrosia. When That's I what I because we have that at our family thing over here. I find ambrosia to be nauseating. Let's throw gross. that out there right now. That's uh, like with the oranges and marshmallows that they mix up in like a weird dessert. Marshmallows are horrible. Yeah. It's like fruit cocktail. Like a fruit cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed uh, in cool Now, frog eye salad is sort of a takeoff of this. It is a type of pasta salad made of uh, aceted to peppy pasta, little ball pasta. Of course. Uh, whipped topping, egg yolks, fruit, and sometimes marshmallows. So it's like ambrosia, but it has, like... It's like a compost pasta. pile. Pasta. It sounds <laughs> really... Yeah, it sounds kind of schoonbody. I gotta be honest, it's gross. Well, I've never heard of that, and I don't like it. One so. thing we have ours I hate every year is, is my... Zach's aunt makes a jello mold. The, like, I've never seen a jello mold in the, the wild. The first time I, I went there, was, it looked really good. I was like, this looks so up. cool. It looks good. It's awful. Don't ever. What's in there? It's, I don't know what it is. It looks pretty, though. It does. It's pink, and it's shaped like a Christmas tree, and it's kind of neat, but it's gross. It's, don't eat it. Don't eat jello mold. My hot take, and Kevin's going to be mad at me for this, is I could give or take like mashed potatoes. I feel like it's a Thanksgiving oh, staple, but I eat mashed potatoes like at other things during the year. I get less excited for mashed potatoes. Than, I love them. You do? I put yeah. it right on the bread with butter and make it because mashed potatoes put their head down and do their work. Yes. I understand that you might have them at other meals, and I'm not expecting you to go charging in the door <laughs> screaming about mashed potatoes, mostly because you never had my grandmother's old country recipe. Well, that's a fair point. But, however, the mashed potatoes, it uh, much like the bass player in a musical group, uh, you would notice if it was missing, and it would not be the same. That's a good point. And you won't get no respect, but you can't have the meal without them. Mm. So. Strong, strong pro-potato take from a resident <laughs> Irishman. I'm just going to leave that there. In the world. Um, all right, so you guys want to hear some crazy news from this week? Are you ready for the wild news from this week? Um, this is a good story. It'll make you feel good. Okay. All right. All right. What do you guys know about Cards Against Humanity? Oh, we played that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have that game. Up. You like the game? Yeah. It's a great game. It's fun. Sure. What do you know about the company? All, all the stuff. They're high-level trolls. All the stuff, so do the story. <laughs> <laughs> they are high-level trolls. Uh, they are known for pulling all sorts of unique stunts around this time of the year. Um, they had people, in an effort to combat Bl- uh, Black Friday, they had people send them $5 to get nothing in return, which actually worked. Uh, they were also mailing poop to people in boxes, and 30,000 people actually bought it. Uh, they also raised $100,000 to dig a hole in the ground. Uh, this year, they've purchased a plot of vacant... Are you guys playing no, football no, in the middle listening. of my thing? We're listening. We're listening. I'm really interested in poop. We were talking about poop. Yeah, we were talking about poop. It was <laughs> all right, so all right, I don't even know what I bothered for. All right, earlier this week. We, we ordered socks. Uh, no, that's fine. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I got, Move I got on. Monica socks last year. All right, so earlier this week, uh, the Cards Against Humanity people have purchased a vacant lot on the border of Mexico and the United States uh, in an attempt uh, to make it harder for President Trump to obtain the land on the border. They also 
spent all the rest of the money on attorneys who specialize in eminent domain cases. <laughs> yeah. Just to keep them tied up in the courts for as long as possible. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, they're asking people to donate to their campaign. Uh, this is their quote. You give us $15, we'll send six America-saving surprises right to your doorstep. It will be fun, it will be weird, and if you voted for Trump, you might want to sit this one out. End quote. Um, good job for the Cards Against Humanity people. Uh, I no, that was and if you good. do do get them, because every year Zach pays for something, and we got you get like all these gifts up to Christmas time, and I got yeah. like a piece of an island. Like a two-foot piece of an island I yeah. own. Two-foot piece of island? Yeah. Like of, of an island. Mm. Yeah, I own two That's feet. intense. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. All right. You're <laughs> um, <laughs> scared. I don't know. All right, so I was on the thruway this week, and I had a uh, bad experience at a Starbucks. I tell you, I, I don't know if I, I told Kevin the story, I think, but I haven't told oh, you. Not me either. Oh. I don't know this one. So there was a really long line at the Starbucks on the thruway this week, okay? Um... And I waited in line, and I ordered a coffee for me and my friend Allie uh, and Anne, who came on the trip to New York with me. And I paid for the coffee, because I was trying to be a gentleman, right? So Allie got an eggplant, uh, eggplant, that'd be gross, an eggnog latte, and got a shot of espresso in it. And I said, you know what, that sounds kind of good. Let me get the same, right? So we got that. We had already waited in line for 15 minutes, got the order. 10 minutes later, it comes out to us. The guy goes, two eggnog lattes? Three shots of espresso. Oh, yeah. And now I've realized that I've made him, uh, this is a problem. Because I'm not waiting in line. We're on a trip and we're on a deadline. And I'm not getting back in this 25-minute line to return my uh, now jack-to-the-rims-with-espresso <laughs> eggnog latte. Uh, so we just sort of buckled down and drank it because we were on the road. And it was, um, I don't it's not a Schedule 1 drug, but it probably could have been. Like, I, I felt pretty... Pretty gassed up. Flying. They must Fly. get orders like that all the time for them not to question that. You know what I mean? I mean, like, <laughs> three shots of espresso. Yeah, dude, I know people that go hard with stuff like oh, that. Oh, God. Oh, uh, no. People, I, I would die. There are probably people <laughs> who just get, like, shots of espresso, like, over and over and over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Starbucks is also in the news this week uh, for something that we will hear a lot about, so might as well get it out of the way. What do you know about Starbucks and their holiday cups? Oh, jeez. I know that certain media outlets make a lot of money for one week every year pretending that people are outraged about a controversy, and then they publish four tweets as if they were news stories. Yes, that's correct. Put it on uh, that, yeah. <laughs> so that story broke this week, so we can get it out of the way. Um... I thought this was interesting. Do you know how long they've been doing a holiday cup thing? I thought this was relatively new. I thought it was new. Uh, probably Just how long they've been open? 10, 20 years? 20 years, actually. So Makes th- sense. This is not something I that's... I about last year and this year. Well, only the last few years have people become apparently right. woke to the, the issues of your what's on your coffee cup. Uh, this year's controversy is a little weird. They tried to do, like, a big tent-style approach to it this year and just sort of be like, let's just be inclusive of everybody, right? Yes. Like, they even have Christmas trees on the cup this year, right? Like, everything's on it. Uh, however, the latest controversy focuses on a pair of gender-neutral hands holding each other on uh, the side of the cup itself. It doesn't even show what the people are... Yeah, and if, if, gen- <laughs> if gender-neutral seems, seems silly for you, it, these, are, these are cartoon hands. Yeah, cartoon <laughs> hands. Two cartoon hands holding, almost as if in a handshake. I think Starbucks needs to um, stop trying to please... And then the media is pretending that people are pretending to be upset. (laughs) (laughs) Because one old lady tweeted something and uh, television journalism is dead. Well, the funny part about that story is really that 
this is like in 2015 they tried to subvert this right with like all right we're just gonna do the all red cups minimalist design we're Which not means too... they've I'm sure removed Christ from Christmas. <laughs> they yeah exactly yeah. so it doesn't matter it's yep, the war on Christmas you know those poor <laughs> oppressed and persecuted Christians uh, well yes that's right and Donald Trump has actually uh, identified Starbucks in the past as an offender of this war on Christmas and suggests that the company is due for backlash. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Company posts record growth again, <laughs> as they do every time this idiot strikes out at anybody. Um, all right, so <laughs> prices prices of hotel rooms at uh, Trump properties are down sixty eight percent since he took office. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because nobody wants to go there because he's a bum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so two last things to close out this week. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying this week's episode. I I do my best on my sleep addled brain. Don't ever um, tell him. If you think you're off your game, don't tell him. Just go out there and execute. You're like trying. Jordan the flu you're game. You're trying. This is not the flu don't game. Don't apologize. Don't think I'm sorry. They don't know. Um, don't show weakness. Never back down. Yeah. So yeah. one quick story. I'm not an ACDC fan, but uh, Malcolm smart. Young. Yeah, Malcolm. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a lot of people are. Uh, Malcolm Young of ACDC, uh, the guitar player, songwriter, performer. Not the away. one who wears the silly costume. His brother. Yeah. He passed away this week. Very sad for all Bummer. you ACDC Guy had fans. dementia for a long time, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Too bad, like pretty young, but you know, dementia comes for people. Probably, you know, even though he died a little bit younger than the average, probably mm. had a hell of a life in between. So, yeah, happy trails, yeah. Malcolm Young. Uh, and this is just a special one for, uh, for mostly for you, Kev, but you'll appreciate this. We had a friend it's all along, mine, Heather, don't I know, appreciate it's always it. Tough, you better Heather. not appreciate We had a friend growing up, uh, my very good friend, bandmate Nick Vassali. <laughs> Nick Vassali, <laughs> who shout out to him, who famously once thought to us that uh, chocolate milk. Came from brown cows. Genuinely, like, genuinely, like really? genuinely, genuinely, truthfully Aww. believed that this was a real thing. Uh, apparently, there was a report about this that came out. I found it today. I got a good laugh. Um, which percent of American adults truthfully believes that chocolate milk comes from brown cows? Kevin, I'll start with you. Give me a percentage. Uh, well, Trump's got about a thirty-five percent, thirty percent food related. <laughs> um, I would have to say thirty-two percent. Thirty-two percent. I'm gonna go with forty-two. Forty-two. Uh, it's only seven, sadly. Seven oh. percent. That's not sadly. That's good news. Seven <laughs> percent. Seven percent of all Americans believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. If you do the math, that works out to sixteen point four million misinformed milk-drinking adults, according to the Innovation Center of U.S. Dairy. That's the equivalent of a population of Pennsylvania, and then some. So. Good job, America. I guess. Oh, <laughs> I hate to see other countries. They're probably better than we are. <laughs> uh, well, it's hard to say. They probably don't have the resources to have chocolate milk in other countries, um, which, as you know, is brown cows. All right, let's thank you folks for joining us this week, uh, episode 126. Follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SFDoom or just follow the show at Uticast. We're also at Uticast.com. Uh, we are at SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, MadeinUtica.com. Uh, that's it. Keep it tight, folks. Uh, Woodstock lives. Happy, Sayonara. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, folks. We'll be back. Call your congressperson. Yeah, yeah, do oh, it. Call them. Sitting call home today. avoiding your family. Call, call your congressperson. Yes, yes. Save the internet.com. All sorts of sites. Do it. Drive safe. Get an Uber. Mm.